welcome to my podcast. This is the Joyful Podcast. It's a raw journal of the mindful revolution. Thank you for listening to it. And this is kind of one of the most difficult episodes uh, I've recorded because, because you are probably experiencing what I'm experiencing right now, which is this absolutely surreal experience of uh, ghost towns and um, a ghost economy that uh, we've all entered into in just the past several days. And man, we are all going through it together, even though we're largely not together. So thank you for this. I'm going to try and share with you some positivity today. There's not, uh, there's, there's so much responsibility of like the news that we watch to grab your attention. So remember that there are professionals trying to grab your attention with the most um, horrendous things. And the positivity is is in there someplace. I read something today that said, yeah, the uh, economy might start opening back up in three to four months, according to some pretty smart people. I think one of them was Bill Gates. And um, that's that's encouraging because they described what we're doing, the, the actions that we're all kind of taking. Now, one thing I will say is I haven't heard like this step-by-step plan yet. Like, all right, we got a 10-part process that we're all um, entering into. That's that's one of the weird things of uncertainty is that we haven't had that yet. Like, step number one is this, because we're just playing it by ear so much, and um, and we're, we're treating it like this constantly hybriding, constantly transforming type of uh, contagion. But... I am here to uh, go over a few things with you that I observe. Uh, I'm not going to get into my personal life or anything today. But just rest assured, I have a personal life. (laughs) And it is uh, no more easy or or less complex than anybody else's, I'm sure. But uh, I am thankful for it. And I'm looking for those grains of of awesome times in all this. And looking for those uh, glimmers of light, glimmers of hope. And later, in just a few moments, I'm going to be sharing some clips with you of people that I've been driving around in the uh, Uber van. And that's been a a really cool experience. And let me explain myself when I, a lot of people are like, well, why would you, uh, why would you do that? Why would you drive people around? Um, Well, number one, I don't have another income at the moment. So I'm looking at either zero income or an income. So that has kind of led me to some of the things I'm talking about. And it's like kind of a risk and trade-off scenario. So I've, I've dived in with a, a calculator a little bit to, to see what the percentage of, of the population is carrying this potentially and what the total population is. And I've just tried to tell myself that uh, if I have to do this, I I need to to feel a little less terrified. So I need to feel some hope by looking at at the decimal point with 0.000001% chance that I'm going to 
die from this thing, actually even get it. Now, die from it is even more. Um, so step one is I, if I have to do something, I need to, to feel a little bit of hope that, that I might be all right. And number two is I have to be cautious as hell. So it is a, it's like a no-touch van. The door opens automatically. I have Lysol and Clorox wipes in here, and I'm constantly wiping it, wiping it down. Um, that's step two. And the third thing is I have the, the passengers I've had since this, uh, since all the flights have been canceled and since people haven't been um, traveling abroad, all the passengers that I have that you're going to listen to momentarily, just like for a cup, a minute or two here or there, just to hear what people have to say. These are what we now have in the last couple of days have no, have been known to be um, what we call essential uh, workforce members. People that are working in grocery stores, convenience stores, in trucking, and in healthcare, um, and some tangentially related to any of those, such as um, a guy I talked to was he worked for a company that that hosts servers for healthcare databases. So he's not in healthcare, but his role keeps healthcare databases going. Therefore, like definitely essential. Um, and if we do need grocery stores to stay open and we do need those grocery stores to be stocked with things from trucks and a lot of those people, it turns out, and I'm here to tell you if you didn't realize before, but, um, a lot of those people that I've, that I've witnessed don't have cars and they're, and they're Ubering into work. Um, whether it's, uh, working at, you know, McDonald's or, or the grocery store or the Sitgo gas station or something like that. They're Ubering to work. And, you know, I guess my part right now is just taking them in there. And I am going to show you, or show you, play for you some of the things that they said. And if you follow the Instagram, Ethan Sherritt Official, you should be able to see pretty soon just, you know, some snapshots of folks riding around in the car on their way to work or on their way home from work. And that's something I'm, I've been uh, finding uplifting. If, but... Make no mistake, I am in the same funk you are. It is existential, it is surreal, and there there is a void there that we're all trying to figure out how to how to um, how to fill. And if we do that collectively over the next several weeks here, I truly think we can be in a better place. And myself included, if I do that individually. It's kind of painful right now, the, some of the introspection and the what have we been doing everything for and, and finding like the real, the real joy, the real joy in life and the real joy in your purpose and in the way that you live your life. Of course, we can find joy for, for moments of play and interacting with our kids or our lover or our friends or family. But a lot of our lives are not those are built of not those moments, you know. So, so there's this questioning of like the overall, what am I doing individually that we're probably all, all thinking about to some degree as we all also wonder collectively, what is this uh, this thing that we've built this this humanity experiment as it is what is it doing 
to help on earth right so pretty pretty like pretty heavy kind of things but I'm, I'm here to talk about and to share just some of the things that people have been saying and I, before I do that I'm going to go through a, like a, a little bullet point of observations that I have that hopefully will will encourage um, and some things that I just believe like my opinions I don't I try not to like stick to opinions but when I have something to share that I think might help sure I'm going to I'm going to say it. that's one of the reasons I, I do the podcast um, and in no particular order of, of gravity here, number one is, I probably wrote this one down first because it, was, it took the least amount of, um, of forethought and the least amount of like follow-up. It's just pretty simple that go easy on the political correctness with this COVID. Um, I've heard, I don't know, there's this sentiment that if somebody is downplaying or saying that this is not a deadly virus per se, as as much as some other viruses have been that kind of statement is could get ridiculed as along the lines of being a denier of of this or that and i would like to point out that that type of accusation just doesn't isn't important at all and if somebody is, quote, downplaying or saying, look, the statistics are in your favor, as I probably will have said before, the statistics I keep looking at, they do place most people at, at good odds of coming out of this. Now, as I say that, I'm, I'm also <laughs> like the political correct machine is what I want you to just say. Look, am I being... A ridiculous political correct police just discard that please as we go into this thing some people do literally need to feel in their soul that this is not as scary as other people would have them say and if they want to express that you know they can please express it say that you're not scared say that uh, say that uh, you're doing what you can and you're, and you're not going to go down the rabbit hole of fear as much as some other people just for the sake of political correctness. Um, that's that one. And uh, the second thing is we're doing all the, the effort and the social distancing. It's, it's really troubling and it's a little scary and it sucks to not be able to, to go to our gyms and, uh, and go to the park with our kids. It really sucks. It's, it's, it sure is making you, you think about everything um, but we're doing this to I start isolating um, so we can have statistics that do relax us a little bit more and and so that we can survive to the point of when the, the numbers start to to present themselves to us of how many people are recovering through this time and that will start to go back into our mindset of just establishing that there always is a risk factor of some kind in the world and we'll, we'll start to, to be able to, to operate under the risk factor that we, we accept. And that social distancing will hopefully just allow us to start isolating some of those numbers over the next couple weeks. Um, and so we can return to normalcy. And that brings me to number three. Um, 
were we were we happy with with our normal two months ago what what is normalcy I mean was there some kind of general sentiment of like unit unity and peace that, that that we all felt when we were normal was there like this overriding happiness I've, I've heard a lot of statistics that say or not statistics I think I've said that word a bazillion times already I've heard a lot of commentary that you know the the quality of life today is is kind of better than it has been for your 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 uh I guess like what's possible is better than it ever has been before. But I've also heard that things are more divided than ever and things are more hustle and bustle and cutthroat than ever. And there's a, uh, this political adversarialism that uh, neither side will concede to to compromise or acknowledge, you know, the uh, the other side from from the heart, from the heart. There, there's this this automatic, impulsive attack on the other side. Pardon me, my my phone. Um, and the only time the heart is really involved, like like sincerely trying to help the situation rather than undercut and attack someone on the other side. The only time the heart is involved are like these claims, these voracious claims of the opposing side's heartlessness and and ignorance. And I don't find that that is is any way we're going to to have a normal that we're satisfied with. So when we go back to normal, we will have gone through something that allows that normal to be possibly better. I think. Better. What do you think? I mean... To me, it seems like what it takes right now or what it took and until before this thing hit in our previous phase, like what it takes to, quote, make it um, in the economy and in society, it, it was this, like, unthinkable, like, drive and discipline to especially from like the lower and middle classes is a huge lower and middle classes that we have yes anything is possible um but you're probably you're probably stuck unless you you learn damn well sure how to have an absolutely inhuman drive and ability to sacrifice everything to learn and better yourself and and uh, climb out of whatever position you're in to a better one. It can be done, and that's thrilling, but it's not. There's so many people for whom that is just really not feasible in this in this system. And so, yeah, we have a good a good time, but 
the system does make it so there's a, a very large group of people who uh, it's going to be quite a lot asked of them not to just be um, resigned to be right on the edge of survival just right on the edge it's uh, losing money to them is not taking less vacations losing money to them is not uh, chartering less private airplanes or um, choosing between marble and granite your uh, new tile of your deck or something but it is should I pay the electric bill this month all the way or just a little bit and buy some food or how am I going to get to work now that the car is broken um, we, we should get less of, of that situation hopefully and I mean that's what I want that's what I want the new normal to include alright was that four things um, yeah, all right. The fifth thing is um, the power of assumption. Like it's been said that we're going to, what we're doing is assume that we have it, and then we'll behave the right way. Assume that you have it, and assume other people have it. And just think of how powerful that is. You can, you can feel it in yourself. You you do. You assume. You look around at like these little surfaces, these handles, and like the edge of a cup. And that's something you might have just brushed into and you just, you assume you have it and then you, you come up to somebody else and you, you assume that they have it and, and, they're, and you kind of walk away from them. And if they do it to you first, you feel like, hey, I don't, I'm not going to, I don't have, I'm not some diseased thing right now. Um, but that's, that's front and center, that, that power of assumption. So make sure we're aware that it is, is uh, not assuming our fellows will kill us during this uh, this time but our conscious part is just to act proactively to stifle this contagion that in all likelihood is not on that door handle or on that person but we're just doing our part to Lysol it down and wear gloves anyway because that will help the situation so assuming we have it that I, one that just shows the power of assumption and, and what what we can all feel, and two remember this is this could be a what I saw like early on in this thing, um, in in New York City I I really felt I think that 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 city operates like such a since it's so compact uh, since the, it's so densely populated rather and. It, everybody kind of has a, a part that they can feel early on people were wearing masks uh and uh and kind of doing their part and I, I saw that as as not like a sign of like doom but i thought that that in certain areas people people understood a part that they play so let's not assume we have it let's just behave so that if we did have it we'd be doing everything we could to um to be cautious of it and the same thing. Um, yeah, I have an idea also, by the way, that paper companies, packaging companies, I don't know, they're probably on this already. Mask companies, I don't know, they, sh they should make masks that are a little bit less terrifying. Like, what, what's wrong with putting a smiley face on a mask? What's wrong with having a tie-dye mask? Or something that says, like, you know, I'm, uh, I'm not sick, or something like that. Or have a nice day. Or this is a this is a well mask. This is not a sick mask. This is a well mask. 
we could have some of those and that it just seem uh, seem a little more upbeat. Um, the last, is this the last thing? I have one more observation, I believe. The opportunity for new industry or an infusion, like when we rebound from this thing, there's, or the way to rebound this thing, there, there's some potential there. there. We could have an infusion of green energy uh, types of, and green, green uh, initiatives that are not going to to happen if they're led solely by by like the stock market and by an immediate uh, financial dividend such as some of the ones that come to mind for me and I'm sure you have other green ideas that might be yours but you know uh, solar panels built constructing and installing solar panels in homes and street lights and other places that are, that are constantly in in need of energy to to maximize what we get that we don't need to crank out in plants. Um, I would love the idea of sidewalks and bike paths going through suburbs and cities where they they currently don't have any. I, I all over the place. I mean, I've been in a lot of different cities and towns that have like they're they're densely populated. They're like businesses, shopping malls next to each other, uh, strip malls, but they're just you you can't walk there. I mean, I've I've done this uber driving since christmas right and i've already i've taken people like across a busy street because there's no there's no sidewalk there's no crosswalk and they literally they literally would look crazy if they're trying to dash out across across some of these streets um if somebody lives like a mile and a half they should be able to freaking walk to their their job in most places unless they're way out in the in the country so if we have to fund some some grand thing and hire some people and teach some people how to do it, we should say, hey, do you do you want this job? We're going to be building, you know, freaking 10,000 miles of, of sidewalks pretty soon. Um, and if you want that job, sure, go get it. Um, we could have increased production for the solar panels on the homes, finance those things whether it's in partnership with uh, medium-sized solar companies or or just um, helping them to grow and, and hire more people and, and subsidize that if needed. So basically things that there's no immediate financial payoff for, so the companies in the private sector really is not going to, to cause us to, to do those things, like more recycling plants just to be greener smart switches in homes smart light bulbs things that would shut themselves off if nobody's in so just lights aren't left on uh more efficient uh hvac units and windows and things like that there's there's a lot that can be done and this may be a time if money has to be sent from the public sector into some into industry we might want to start setting up an industry that that we know we probably need but the, but the private sector is not going to to initiate and that's what uh hopefully we can do like for example i guess my boiled down thing is a return to things they how they were by subsidizing like automobile manufacturing companies to produce and 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 so people can go back to work making cars or option B would be to subsidize like a medium-sized solar panel company to become a big one and produce more of something uh, green and teaching people skills and how to make those 
and, and give people jobs that way. So I hope we can balance and go, go into it with a little bit of that once we get further down the line with, hey, we're, we're still in a recession, how are we going to pump some money in? And it, it probably is going to have higher taxes or something along the lines of um, hopefully like a toll road for any, any uh, companies that end up being helped out by, by government uh, stimulus. You know, we'll, we'll pay something back just, just like we do when we build a bridge and have a toll on it over the next many years. Well, that's all uh, I got for that. Um, oh, one last thing. Uh, it says, get your fire extinguishers out. Don't, go, don't get your, your matches and your, your gas uh, can out, please. We are about to be going into like more, more times of possibly lockdown, um, more times of when we could blame and point accusations that's not going to help. Remember, I mean, when the lockdowns occur and people start getting strapped for cash, stay in, stay in front of it now. Please remind people, do not get in confrontations. Do not go looting. Do not go rioting because that is where you are in trouble of becoming an object or a subject of, of violence of rage and when rage happens um our human humanity is um is kind of out the window especially fear i mean if there's police and your teenage son uh goes out and and doesn't like the way that the police are telling him to go back inside you got to tell him please right now go back inside do not get involved in that just because it's uh but, but we know it's going to happen. People are existentially in crisis right now, in peril. And there, there's, there's, there are emotions that are going to be flaring. And please get your fire extinguisher out, not your lighter, because we're going to need to stick together and not to waste time uh, accusing this politician or that police officer of being bad. Let's present data and help. That reminds me of the um, the last thing I want to say. I believe the whole thing it it reminds me of this scene in uh, Apollo. Is it Apollo thirteen? The movie when the the space capsule with with astronauts inside of it has an explosion and they all of a sudden can't generate enough oxygen and they're going to die. Well, it's it's like this amazing uh, approach to brainstorming and troubleshooting they there's just I just love it they they basically have the smartest guys in the world and they bring out everything that is on that space capsule they dump it out on the table they go guys we need oxygen and this is what we have how do we do it and then the brains go to work and they cooperate and they figure it out well, that's what, uh, it'd be nice to know, hey, this is what we have, this is what we're doing. Um, we know there's no cure, and we know we're short of test kits. So, if there's, if there's a cure, you need to be tested so we can give you the cure. There's not a cure. So, that's why we're doing the isolating. Because if you test positive for it, they're basically just going to say isolate more. And if you're in the group of um, people that are more at risk of serious critical conditions, 
hopefully there's space for you in there. But now, we are going to listen to, this is my Uber app, amazing, somebody wants me to pick them up and take them someplace, um, I'm going to go see, see who that is, but now we're going to hear a little bit of people's uh, uh, thoughts and some of the essential workers that are taking care of our, of our uh, cities and towns while we're hunkered down inside so we can run out and get supplies and provisions. Um, thank you for listening to the rant. I am with you. This is surreal. It's crazy. God bless and namaste. There comes a time when we heed a certain call when the world.